following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. We started a series last week. We're going to continue tonight. It's called The Goodness of God. The Goodness of God. It's on the screen behind me. Hebrews chapter 11 in the Matthew Henry commentary context says, Faith demonstrates to the eye of the mind the reality of those things that cannot be discerned by the eye of the body. Faith demonstrates to the eye of the mind the reality of those things that cannot be discerned by the eye of the body. Annie Dillard said, Seeing is, of course, very much a matter of verbalization. Unless I call my attention to what passes before my eyes, I simply will not see it. I'm going to speak tonight on the goodness of God, part two. Next week we'll finish this series, but I'm excited about being in the middle of it right now. The fulcrum of it is here tonight, so buckle up. Let's go somewhere in God. God bless you. You may be seated. Seeing your life through the lens of God's favor is what our subtitle is tonight. Early one morning in D.C., a man quietly took his place against the metro wall and pulled out his violin and placed his tip hat on the ground and began to play. And for this day, he had chosen six selections from Bach. During his performance, over a thousand people walked by, and while passing by, some slowed their pace, others stopped to listen briefly, and a few dropped some sympathy money into his hat. Unknown to everyone who passed, the beggar on the street that morning was the world-renowned violinist Joshua Bell. The instrument that sang in his hand was a violin valued at $3.5 million. When Joshua finished, there was no applause. Oh, they were standing, but no standing ovation. Nothing to acknowledge the magnificent talent that had just been on display. His street concert netted him 32 bucks, a mere 32 bucks. But just 48 hours earlier, an eager crowd had packed the Boston Theater to hear him and pay an average of $100 a seat how could anyone miss this? How could they miss it? A master violinist did a charity concert and over a thousand people walked by without even noticing. How does that happen? The fact is that the people on the sidewalk that day represent a trait that's common to us all. We don't always see what is right in front of us. But because we don't see it, doesn't mean that it's not there. Just what is wrong with our eyes anyway? I'm gonna to talk to you. Jesus said the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when the eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. My eyesight is not as bad as some people, but when I used to wear glasses, I could see more clearly and catch details that I otherwise might miss. Just as people go to the eye doctor to get glasses or have surgery to give them better eyesight, we're not stuck with our current life paradigm. We can choose a better one. Everybody say it, I can choose a better one. The word paradigm comes from the Greek and is in a general sense a reference to a set pattern or a way that we see the world. That's what a paradigm is. 
Not in terms of our physical eyes, but in terms of our assumptions and our, and our beliefs and our overall perspective. It is what we might call our mind's eye. Jesus is saying the eye is the lamp of the body. He was saying the eye can be good or the eye can be bad. And the condition of your eye affects what we see, what we don't see, what we experience, or what we miss out on. Seeing good is turning on the lamp. And the opposite is true about bad eyes. They miss seeing the good. The only thing that is different between a negative person and a positive person is what they see. It's what they see. Negative people are not bad. Pessimistic people are not ignorant. In fact, oftentimes negativity is a trait of people who are highly informed in what they call reality. Their perspective is I'm not being negative, I'm just being real. <laughs> They're being real and aware of what they were educated in and that is this, that life is hard. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. And when people are deeply educated in the life is hard reality, but undereducated in the God is good reality, they lean toward the unfavorable possibility instead of seeing the possibility of something good in their life. People stuck in life is hard reality cancels out the God is good reality. People stuck in life is hard reality cancels out the God is good reality. I have discovered that anyone, even people highly aware of the life is hard reality, will become authentically optimistic when they educate themselves in the God is good reality. So what am I trying to do these three weeks? I'm trying to get your eye off the negative and get your eye on the positive. I'm trying to let you see how great God is and sometimes we don't even see it and it's right before us. But I want us to recognize it before next Wednesday night's over that God is a good God, amen? He's a good God. One does not have to deny the realities of life being hard to see the realities associated with God being good. It's called selective seeing. My wife Patty has that. She has an all seeing eye. And I don't. In fact, she is amazed at what I don't see. I can drive by something. She said, that's the prettiest yard there. And I said, where? I never saw it. Or walk by things and not even realize it, like a light out in the kitchen or a trash bag needed taken to the garage or even an unmade bed or a note on the counter. Kind of not good, man, you know. Patty, I'm so sorry. I tell her a lot of times I just didn't see it. And that's the truth. Guess I could start telling some films about seeing things. But she has way too much moxie for that also. She'd say, you didn't see that. <clears throat> what we don't see is not necessarily what we are incapable of seeing. It is more often what we are not thinking about, looking for, are trained to see. I grew up a cowboy fan. Not a horseback riding, bull riding, 
rodeo rope and rodeo bulldog and cowboy. I'm talking about a Dallas cowboy fan. I did. I was 10 years old when they played their first game. We didn't have a TV in our house, so I went to the neighbors and knocked on the door and said, can I come in and watch the Cowboys? And I went in and watched the Cowboys with some people. And they still ring my bell even when they don't do well. I used to have some pics on my desk and I love David Robinson and I love Roger Staubach and I had their pictures on my desk, but Roger Staubach to me is still Captain America. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just like the old Washington Redskins, whatever you wanna do. But as a child and a teen, I was a little manic over the outcome of games. I really was. I told Coach Landry one time when I, when I started running with him, I said, you ruined many of my Sundays as a child. And he said, preacher, I ruined many of my Sundays as well. <laughs> it amazes me how the cowboy, Dallas Cowboy brand is not only nationwide, but it's worldwide. After all these years of being in a cowboy mindset, it is like my mind is on a mission to show me more cowboy stuff. And we got enough people that wear those jerseys on Sunday for the Cowboys. Everyone's eyes are trained to see what their mind has assumed they want to see. So while I'm a cowboy-minded person, someone else is boat-minded. Someone else is fishing-minded. Someone else is music-minded. Someone else is tech-minded or someone else is hunting-minded. And they're seeing Bambi in their dreams right now. Right now, right now because that's what you see. Misty, my oldest girl, is jewelry-minded. She's loved jewelry since she was old enough to say J. Misty loves jewelry. In fact, right now, 20 yards away, a woman with a five-carat ring on her finger, Misty will say, that's a five-carat. She knows it from 20 yards away. She can spot it. I don't even see the woman. She sees the finger and the ring. I'm trying to make a point here. All of us have the potential to see less of what we don't want to see and more of what we become intentional about seeing. The reason behind all of this is selective seeing is a small part of our brain called the reticular activation system. Now, I'm not an expert, but I do read and I study. But those who are tell us that God created our mind to notice what it thinks we want to see and store it for easy retrieval. In an attempt to do this, it will bypass tons of information, stay with me now, and focus on what it thinks we want to see and remember. In the same way computers remember the words we've entered and the websites we've visited, so it can also retrieve information for you quickly. Your mind helps you see what you want to see and overlook what you don't want to see. Think about this, think about this. Think about the last time you wanted something, like a specific car, tennis shoes, maybe a smartphone, a hairdo, or even to lose weight. And the moment you made that item or topic your focus of attention, it seemed like you were bombarded with advertisements about it. Now come on, you can say amen to that. If you mentioned it and your cell phone heard you, that's all you're going to see from here from now on. If you were interested in a specific car, specific color of car, all of a sudden, you notice that car everywhere. 
because you have trained your mind to see what you want. Patty searched for a crock pot one time on the internet and we got so tickled. She was bombarded with crock pot ads. It was so funny. She said, baby, all that's coming on the computer, all that's coming on my phone is crock pot. I said, well, at least it's not crack pot. <laughs> the reticular activation system filtered information relating to the thought process and you paid more attention to that object or subject in a greater way. Now, here's the point. The information had always been there, but you're now seeing more of it. You're seeing more of it. I read about Drew Barrymore. She was filming E.T. years ago. She started what she called a lifelong love affair with hearts. Hearts. In passion, she later channeled into photography. She sees heart shapes in places where nobody else sees them, even in man-made objects and in nature. The little scribe in her mind picked up the fact that Drew loves hearts. Drew wants to see hearts. However, get me now, there's a dark side to this little scribe. It can become a culprit in your mind. Like everything God gives us that should help us, there's usually a downside. The little scribe can work against us by pointing out what would be better to not notice or pay attention to. And when this happens, the only thing we can do is be intentional about reprogramming our reticular activation system to tell us what we want to see, not what I, it thinks we want to see. For example, I'm gonna get to it in a little bit, but I'm teaching you something. When you change addresses or phone numbers, the brain has a former info information stored in the autopilot. And as soon as we need to retrieve our address, the brain happily offers up 10844 Redmond or quickly. But when we move or change a phone number, our brain doesn't automatically switch over to the new information until we get intentional and override the old stored file and replace it with the new. When changing years, dates on checkbooks, help me now, sometime it's February or March or maybe April before you get intentional to change the paradigm of your mind and understand we're in a brand new year. It's not 2020. I hope you're still not putting 2020 on your check. <laughs> For a good while, my car had a mind of its own. When we moved away from 10844 Redmond in 2008, it turned to our old address. It was like a horse running to the stall. And I would say to the car as I patted on the dashboard, quit that, you know we don't live there anymore. Then I realized one day it wasn't a car, it was me. <laughs> Paul said in Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Listen to me, God's goodness isn't hidden and neither is God's favor making limited appearances in our lives. God is right here with us now. <laughs> and I talked a little bit about it Sunday, but I know the enemy tries to take away from us, but I promise you, if you cannot see him does not mean he is not there. The goodness of God is all around us. Hallelujah, if you have noticed how certain lighting can enhance a painting or a picture, what you thought was not attention grabbing becomes adorable in the right lighting. And once you see God's favor more clearly, the intentionality becomes hardwired into the searching mechanism of your daily life and unseen goodness, say it with me, is always there. Yes. 
Say it with me. Unseen goodness is always there. Unseen goodness is always there. Helen Keller said, keep your face to the sunshine and you cannot see the shadows. Hallelujah. She said, in essence, you get what you see. Most of us have heard the cliche, you see what you get, but she said, you get what you see, which is why we want to choose what we see so that we can get what we want. I'm I'm going to try to train you a little bit here tonight. I'm going to try to help you a little bit here tonight because I want you to walk out of here speaking things that you've never spoken before and saying things you've never said before because God is good. God is for us. God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on now. Who can be against us? Amen. Amen. I was with a man in a restaurant one evening, a great place, a wonderful ambiance, warm fellowship. He had all evening been speaking about how bad things were in his world with health, with life, with family, with his kids. I was in the same restaurant Several of us, but I was at the same table. I'm one of those, not patting myself on the back, I'm one of those happy for no reason guys. I've always been that way. Life is good. Life is good. I ordered a wonderful meal. He, I guess, wanting to be happy, ordered what I ordered. (laughs) I'll never forget it. Maybe thinking if he ate like me, he could be happy like me. My food was awesome. His, same meal, same restaurant, same waitress, was in his words, not good enough for hogs. That's his words. Cognitive distortions are simple ways our mind convinces us that things that are not really true, of things that are not really true. You know, let me tell you something. Hell will try to tell you things that don't mean anything in the walk of life. He'll try to sidetrack you on some of the worst stuff He's the worst liar that ever was. The Bible said he is a liar and the father of all lies. And he wants to sidetrack you into this cognitive distortions of making you believe that everything is going downhill, everything's bad, everything's wrong, everything's upside down. We see one side and not the other. We don't see the whole picture. We overgeneralize. If something happens bad in one area of life, we think life is bad in general. That is not so. Amen. I have broken my little toes at least five times on furniture in the dark. And so when I walk now at night, I finally learned to walk pigeon toe so I wouldn't bust my toe again. But because I snapped my little toe five times does not mean that I'm losing my life, that I'm going downhill, that God's not for me. I just can't walk in the dark with my toes out. Hear me when I tell you this. You don't need to over-exaggerate things when they go bad in your life. Because when you look around, there's a God factor right there waiting to help you in every situation. Come on, clap your hands real good. That's good stuff. This either, this either our thinking that does not allow room for opposing realities, which is the nature of reality. You hear me. Sometimes we reach inaccurate conclusions about life. But, 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 but. What if we could change? What if that could change? I have good news for you. And I put it in 36 font. It can. It can. Everybody say it can. Joseph went through unmentionable things in his life for 22 years. But in Genesis 50 and 20, he tells his brothers, you thought evil against me 
but God meant it for good. I don't know what's going on in your world out there, but I know what's going on with God in here. And if I can get you to take the God that you get a hold of in here, out there, you're gonna walk through that world and say, I can make it in this life because God is right in front of me and I'm seeing him now like I've never seen him before. I'm not suggesting that there's nothing wrong in the world. I'm not suggesting that or that you'll not be tested under the burden of life. Look around you and see this world is a mess. It's a mess. Can I remind you, and help will not come from man, government, systems, new programs. Let me say it boldly. God is at work. Mm. Favor not yet visible, hidden by a process, can be painful. Favor surrounds us. It's in front of us. It's behind us, it's above us, and it's on both sides of us. You can't walk a step without God's favor. You're bubble wrapped, folks, you're bubble wrapped. God has got you, God has got you. And it's time that the eyes of your heart see that and understand that if God be for me, who can be against me? Come on, clap your hands real big for him, not for me, for him. God's for you. David said in Psalms 5, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Favor as a shield? Really? To withstand the fiery darts of the enemy that he throws at us? Ooh, I'm feeling good here tonight. I want you to get it in your heart, get it in your mind, not with eyes that are natural, but eyes that see from your spirit. A lady in a friend's church was going to leave her husband and a pastor knew the husband was a good man and a Christian and a husband and a father. So he waited for the shoe to drop, that big thing that was the destroyer of marriages. And I think it's a good time to say this, opposites first attract and then they attack. <laughs> I don't know where that came. <laughs> the pastor said, tell me what's good about your husband. Do you know something good about him? And she said, yes, he's a good dad. And our kids adore him. And he's a hard worker and he provides. She named three or four things. He gave her some paper and told her to find something good every day about her husband and come and see him in a week. And he saw her a week later and she was smiling. See, she was, had been so wrapped up and absorbed in what was bad, she could not see the good. Folks, there's a good God that's got a hold of our life. I say this, we need spiritual eye training. We need to see spiritual life. We need to get the cataracts of the spirit out of our eyes. We need to get the floaters out. Quit seeing things that are not right to see. We need to see because God is all around us. Boy, I feel good about that. A man owned a Labrador dog. He was a great bird dog. Other hunters would bring their dogs to train with the best as that Labrador hunted for quail. 
It was amazing the trainees could smell a scent and chase a rabbit or squirrel or a deer. But the old lab never phased the old pro. He stayed the course. He had one scent and one eye. It was for birds <laughs> and birds only. See, bad eyes sometimes come from people we hang out with many times. Like family, people negative in your family, people negative about your walk with God, people we work with. So I hear you're a religious fanatic. Yeah, I guess I am. Go to school with, listen to on the radio or TV, or follow online. That little, that little phone you carry around, that little demon in your pocket. It'll mess you up. It will mess you up. It will mess you up. I read about a, na a National Football League receiver that had to quit the game for mental purposes. You know why? He was reading too many texts of people not appreciating his game at three and four o'clock in the morning. Son, turn the thing off and go to sleep. You're in the NFL. You're a first round pick. You matter. Go to sleep. Don't look at what some pipsqueak that couldn't catch a football it was thrown to him from here to there is writing about you. Come on, somebody. You gotta let God direct your thoughts in your life. See God in all of this stuff and understand God's for you. That wasn't in my notes. I just thought I'd share it with you. We record other people's perspective and we form opinions as to what we look for and see because we don't want to break up friendships. But sometimes changing who you hang with will change how you see one's self. I will go on record now. I'm going to go on record now. I rarely ever do this. I've been pastor here 31 years, may have done this three times, but you want to hang around this pastor and see a bad life. I'm going to show you good life. Or see a God that's not interested in you or see a dismal day, or a bad end of this world, but God is at work. That's what you're gonna receive from this pastor. Because I'm not gonna praise what's not happening, I'm gonna praise what is happening, and it's time you start seeing it for your own self that God is with us. He's false. Good is synonymous with God. Say it, good, good. is synonymous with God. with God. Everybody say, God is good. God is good. All, the time. All the time. No, I don't need that. <laughs> but he's good. He's just a good God. Men do not attract that which they want, but that which they are, James Allen said. I like it. Proverbs 23 says, for as a man thinks within himself, so is he. Romans 12 and 2 said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Woo. For centuries, renewing the mind was a mostly biblical concept that wasn't supported by science. But during the 20th century, a consensus among neuroscientists, and we have one in our audience tonight, was that brain structure was fixed and did not change after early childhood. Listen closely. Since then, however, scientists started changing their opinion and created a term called neuroplasticity. I had to say it a bunch of times. Neuroplasticity. 
That is defined as the brain's ability to reorganize itself by forming new neural connections throughout life. Did you hear what I said? What God had known from the beginning, science is now discovering that no matter what our age is, we have the ability to change the habits of our mind. You can change from a doubter to a shouter. You can change from a powder to a happy. You can change from a down person to an up person. You can change. Research shows that how we think repeatedly does literally create small pathways or grooves on our brain. Who's that woman that got her groove back? Stella. With some intentional effort, we can redirect our habits of thought and create a new groove or pathway in our brain. Now, it, it takes time and effort, but it's the key to being transformed. You gotta be transformed. We have heard it takes 21 days to form a new habit. Reason? It takes that much time for the new path to be built in the brain. Woo! Gotta get the bulldozers up there and start getting out some of that old stuff and getting in the new stuff. The brain produces about 70,000 thoughts on an average day, about one every 1.2 seconds. You think a lot. And sometimes people can't shut their brain off at night. Our brain is searching even when we don't know it's searching. And it's constantly going out there and pulling in data based on the primary tendencies and leaning of our minds. Here's what this will look like. You ready? Trouble-minded, trouble everywhere. Anger-minded, you'll see anger. Angry when no one else sees a reason to be angry. Problem-minded, you'll find problems with every solution. Poverty-minded, you'll always see yourself as lacking and poor. Favor-minded, you'll find more favor. You'll find more favor. Hear this, Pastor. You can be aware of trouble, but still think favor. You can be aware of problems, but still think favor. You can be aware of setbacks, but still think favor. Think favor so you can open up the search engines of your mind for favor. Listen to me. Listen to me. I talked about those polarized lenses last week. It's time for the horizontal things of life to get out of your world and for the vertical lines of your life to plug into God because God is with us and he's for us and it's time for the glare that, to go away that's trying to hold us back from seeing the goodness of God because God's goodness is everywhere and it's for you. Brother Randy, if you'll help me. I'm closing. It's time. Peter said, gird up your loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind, the reproduction of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace, the charis that is to be brought unto you. Charis is a Greek word that means God's inclining or God's bent, reaching to people because he's ready to bless them. God is saying, my grace is, my grace is here. I'm reaching for you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I can't see that, God. Open your eyes. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. You know what I've discovered about people that just refuse to see the positive of, positiveness of God? is that they always find a reason when they do get blessed that it wasn't God that blessed them. You know, you know, it's like that little old woman that was hungry and broke and she prayed for groceries and 
An atheist lived next door to her. You probably heard this story before. One day he got tired of hearing her pray, so he went and bought her some groceries. <laughs> Put them on her porch. And she got out on the porch that day and she said, oh, thank you, Lord. You have sent me some groceries. And the atheist was behind the bush and he said, God didn't send that, I did. And she said, Lord, I want to thank you doubly because I asked for groceries and you let the devil bring it. It's time to start seeing the goodness of God. Come on, clap your hands. God's a good God. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. He, would you stand? Woo! You may not enjoy hearing this, but I'm enjoying teaching it because I'm helping myself. Great story, an old man sat beside the road at the entrance to a city and he met people, people he would meet. He would always ask, what kind of people, they would always ask, what kind of people are in this city? And he'd reply, what kind of people were in the city you came from? Some would say they, they were rude and unkind. Some would say mean and hurtful. Some would say friendly and kind. And he said, what you saw there, you'll find here. Warriors attract warriors. Critical attract critical. Positive attract positive. Socially uncomfortable, the same. Idea people attract idea people. You put a messy person in a clean apartment, it'll be messy in a while. <laughs> you put a clean person in a messy apartment, the apartment will be clean in a while. Twala Labar used to be a member of our church. We loved her. She was an amazing lady for some 10 years, 11 years in our church, and she moved to Nashville to be closer to her mother. Her mother died on Monday. She's a massive, awesome songwriter. Has written over 400 songs that have been recorded. She was a writer. You could put Twyla in a prison cell, in a junkyard, in a dump ground, beside the road with no money, and Twyla could somehow pen a song. It's just the way she looked. It's what she looked for, another reason to write a song about God. Louis Armstrong penned the song, What a Wonderful World. It's a song about beautiful trees, flowers, sky, rainbow, babies, crying, people enjoying one another. And the key phrase of the whole song is, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. Some people would sing it like this. I see traffic jams, cloudy skies, annoying people driving by. And I think to myself, what a difficult world. But not Louie. Not Louie. God, I'm trying to get this across to you, folks. I'm trying to get it across to you. I just didn't, I didn't want to entertain you tonight. I wanted to teach you something. And I know we have to use humor to do that, but I wanted to teach you something. Always think something good to yourself. I call it the P48 principle, Philippians 4 and 8. Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. You know, I close. This is my last statement. Extreme skiers fly down 
the slopes at kamikaze speeds. It blows my mind when I watch the Winter Olympics and see those wonderfully trained athletes going down those, those slopes so fast, 60, 70, sometimes perhaps 80 miles an hour. And when asked, how do you keep from crashing? One of the girls said, I looked at the spaces between the trees. I never see trees. I look at the spaces. Because what you, what you catch, what you see, what you want is what you're going to see. And she said, that's how I keep from crashing. I see the spaces. I'm not going to crash into that tree. Hey, if I could tell you and you'd believe this tonight, that God has got you like you can't believe. But when you start believing how much God has you and how much he loves you and how much he cares for you, you're going to start excelling. You're going to start being a powerhouse in the kingdom of God because he is a good God. He's a good God. Clap your hands. He's a good God. Bow your heads. Hold your hands up. Let me bless you. What a beautiful Wednesday night. I thank you for the time that we get to spend together. We'll go about 70 minutes on Wednesday night when I'm long-winded. And tonight we've gone about 63. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord, I, I bless you and I honor you and I thank you for being the kind of God that we can worship. You are a good God. Your goodness is for us. Your favor is with us and you're a shield around us and we honor you. God, don't let us see the obstacles as stopping points let us see the space between our obstacles to know that there's a path for us to walk, that the goodness of God will take us down. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Bless those that are watching via the internet, YouTube, our own church program. Bless them. Bless the people that in tuned in tonight. And bless the beautiful crowd that showed up here on this Wednesday night. And bring us back next this Sunday for another installment of wonderful faith hallelujah and touch us during this holiday season to see the goodness of the Lord in our lives the goodness of God for it's in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen 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 put your hands together real big real big real big real big Hallelujah. Sing us out of here. I love you. You're the most awesome people in the world. I love you. Have a great night.